Oof, got it. <laughs> okay. Well, God bless you all. It's lovely to see you all here. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. He's always good. No matter what we're going through, God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is always good, and he's always for you. He's never against you. He's for you, and he's encouraging you and, and cheering you on. It's really important. I just want to mention uh, next week, as has been said, that we have um, a prophet in the house, Peter Kumar, and so that'll be exciting uh, for those of you who know him. And, uh, you know, we have fivefold ministry gifts, which is the apostles and prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers. And uh, so it's great when we get another ministry gift in the house. So I really encourage you to come along and if you know anyone who'd love to come, please invite them. And I'm sure many of you will get a prophecy. In fact, if you come up for prayer, you can't help it, but he will give you a prophecy. And uh, always, if, if you get a prophetic word, um, and you can remember it when he's finished, write, write down everything you can think of and pray over it. And, uh, you know, just because sometimes things take time to come. God might speak a thing and it might not happen until five or ten years later. And you remember, oh, I remember, you know, that, that prophet said that over me. And I thought it was a lot of nonsense at the time. But uh, so just come with an open heart. Uh, the other night I was speaking to um, uh, Fergus McIntyre, so a lot of you who, the newer ones may not know him, but he's, a, he's, a, he's really like a father of this house. He's, he's a prophet himself. And, um, so I said, when are you coming over? So think, I'm hoping early next year he'll come over. So he, he will come. So it's just but the way everything has been has been really difficult. So... Anyway, so that's great news, isn't it? So come next week and, and come expectant. And because, you know, if you come expectant, you draw out of whoever's speaking. You draw out of them and you draw on that gift. So just don't come, oh, yeah, just another service. Come expecting that God's going to speak to your heart through that person. Okay, so my messages, because we, we haven't got it up there today, but it is decisions determine destiny. So if you've got a pen and paper, you could write that out. If you don't, that doesn't matter. Just have, remember it. I'm talking about decisions determine destiny. And I want to begin in Joel 3.14. It says, Multitudes, multitudes, in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. So every day we are fa faced with making decisions. Every decision we make will have an impact on our lives, some bigger than others. And the greatest decision anyone can ever make is the decision to invite Jesus Christ into their heart. That is the, that is the crowning decision when somebody would invite Christ into their lives and they can be assured when they die, they will be in heaven for eternity, which will be... And heaven is not a boring place. It's an exciting place full of fun and life and love and light and all sorts of amazing things. So another important decision we need to make is to daily dedicate our lives to a life, to live a life that's worthy of the Lord, a life which honours him. Every day we should think about that. Is my life honouring God? Today I'm going to live a life that would honour him. 
So decisions determine destiny. God said in Deuteronomy 30:19, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, because some of you are thick, some of us are thick, <laughs> choose life. You'd have to be pretty stupid to choose death, wouldn't you? Choose life that both you and your descendants shall live. He states the obvious. Choose life in case you just can't make a decision. He's trying to help us. So many make decisions that will work against them. Many, many of us have done that. We've made decisions, and that decision has worked against us. And God says, but he said, you know, we have this freedom to choose. He's not going to make us choose. He's not, he will try and direct our lives, when, especially when we're going off track. He'll be trying to direct us. But we have freedom to choose. And so we need to be aware that our decisions will determine our destiny. So he strongly tells us to make decisions that will bring life and blessings our way. That's what we need to make sure, not curses. And heaven and earth are witnessing the choices we make with our words. It says... In Deuteronomy 30:19, did I say the scripture? I did. Yeah. Well, I just want to um, point this out. Okay, heaven is witness. That's the, the interesting thing. I've set before your life and death. I call heaven and earth as witnesses. They are witnessing. So there are witnesses on earth that are, will hear. There's our angels will hear. God is hearing. Jesus is hearing, and all of heaven will hear. They are the witnesses to our decisions. Absolutely. So we have a choice. We can choose life or we can choose death. We can choose blessing or we can choose cursing. So he strongly encourages us to make decisions that will bring life and blessings our way, not the curses. So many people choose to rebel God's commands. Many won't listen to God who is trying to get us to make decisions that bring life and hope and healing and freedom and justice and provision and success. That's what he's trying to, um, to get us to, to make decisions that will take us in that direction. So it's important to understand that our decisions not only affect our lives and our destinies, but they also affect the lives of our descendants. Many people have suffered gener from generational curses brought on through decisions made by their ancestors. And it takes the blood of Jesus Christ and declarations from our mouth to destroy those generational curses. So and if you don't want to bring curses down your family line, watch what you say and what, watch your decisions. Remember, everything you decide is going to determine your destiny. Right. <clears throat> so God has a wonderful destiny for everyone. He hasn't got a wonderful destiny for you. And sadly, many will never enter into that destiny that has been planned by God. That's sad. And others will, but they will never fully allow God to direct the way that they should go. People are stubborn. Have you noticed that? <laughs> so... You've got others who will come to Christ and they honour him and they make a quality decision to serve, to serve him and to honour him with their lives. 
You know, in, in 1979, Don and I um, and our young children moved to Australia. Now, we weren't believers at that point, so I can't say God told us to go there, but we went. <laughs> and, uh, but when we were there, we got saved, and uh, we were on fire for God, I tell you what. And we lived there for four years, and, uh, but we had this desire, we always had this desire to return to New Zealand. And uh, at the end of 1982, uh, we made the decision to return to New Zealand with our two children and a newborn baby, who's not so newborn now, Amy. <laughs> uh, and God didn't force us to return to New Zealand at all. We just felt this desire to return. We had a strong desire to return to New Zealand, and we made that decision we would return. And our decision determined our destiny. And in some ways, it's determining our children's destiny. And it will, there in turn, will, will determine their children's destiny. So at that time, when we came back, Don was, um, he was quite highly sought after in the building industry, and he became managing director of a large building company here in New Zealand. And several years later, we felt the call of God to become pastors. And we could have ignored the call. And we were, you know, because we had, Don were doing really well, and, and he was, um, you know, financially very well paid there. But the call to ministry was really strong. And to us, money would never be the deciding factor for us. Not at all. It was not. We were here to serve God. So I will make it very clear, God did not force us into ministry. We felt the call and we made the decision to give up a job that Don loved to become pastors. But it was all dependent on our decision. And that decision determined our direction and the direction determined our destiny. And again, I say God didn't force us to make this decision. We chose to obey. We could have said no to God's plan. He wouldn't have struck us dead. <laughs> and see, we chose to say yes. And uh, Don served here, and those that you know here, he, for 24 years. And after his departure to heaven, I continued for another 13 years. And now just those of you who know or don't know that this year I handed over the senior pastorship to Pastor Lisa and Pastor Peter. So I, that was a total of 37 years, all stemming from that decision we made in the 1980s. It determined our direction for all those years. And was it all plain sailing? No, certainly not. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes, were, were we tempted to quit? Yes, many times. <laughs> but we had made a quality decision before heaven and earth, which we would not turn away from unless God said so. So decisions determine destiny. So what is God saying to you, to all of you? What is God saying to you? Is he calling you to another job? What is he asking you to do? See, God doesn't make our choices. He presents the choices. He said to the Israelites, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. <laughs> I mean, that would state, that's stating the obvious, isn't it? Well, who would choose death over life? But people do by their decisions. They just don't realise where it's going to end up. Sometimes we say to God, oh, Lord, it's up to you. When he's saying no, it's up to you. 
<laughs> he will present the opportunity for you. Now, we have to make the decision. So if we'll be faithful in the little things, God will be faithful in giving us and making sure we experience increase in blessing. He will trust us with greater things. Yeah. So God leads us by his spirit. We have a free will to obey him or not. Free will. You can disobey God, but always there will be consequences. There are always consequences. In all our decisions, there will be consequences. It says in Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Isn't that good? He's prepared works for us that we should walk in them. Some don't. Some never will. But he's prepared these works for us that we should walk in them. And that was a special scripture for me because not long, long after I was born again, I, and I have shared this before, some, but there's a lot of new people here, and I was, um, I was asked to, to join this uh, Bible. It was a large international Bible study fellowship. It was, it was international. It was, and there were, every week, it was for women, and there were men separate and women, and so in the day they would have, oh, it must have been 400 women in this church, large church filled with women, and it was all to do, was to do with study, and you study the word, and there would be a, a little lecture, and then you'd go and break into your groups, and have a, there'd always be a leader in each group, and so forth. And um, anyway, they, they asked if I would become a leader there, and I, I was green, you know, green as. I didn't know much about the word except what I learned as a child. But uh, obviously they, God, they asked if I would become a leader. And, and it was that scripture actually in Ephesians 2.10 that answered it for me. I said, Lord, what do I do? And they said, you have to have a scripture to confirm it. So I thought, well, I've never done that. I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know how to, I don't know if I'll hear God's voice. And... Uh, but, so I said, okay, well, so I sat there with my Bible and I thought, well, I was just sort of going through and I was looking at Ephesians and that Ephesians 2.10, it literally came up off the page. And I've only ever happened, that's only ever happened to me twice. Uh, but that was my confirmation. So I went there with that confirmation and they wanted, they wanted another confirmation and God did it again with another scripture for them to, to say, okay, I became a leader there. Um, but I, little did I know, that, that had a huge impact on me, what I did there. Um, it prepared me in the Word of God. It was very solid in the Word of God. They didn't believe in healing. And uh, we, I left in the end because I thought, I, I, I can't not tell people God would heal you. But at that time, you know, I didn't know that. But it gave me such grounding in the Word of God. And uh, we studied all of Paul's apostles deeply. I'm talking about deeply. And and um, gospel, so it gave me a really good grounding, and I, little, I didn't realise God was preparing me for what I was called to do six or seven years later, in becoming a pastor. So I was beginning to walk in those good works which God had prepared for me to step into. You know, and I took my role in that place very seriously. I didn't let God down, I was thorough, I was um, studied that word, 
intently and, and led the group well, I will say. <laughs> Quite a big group too. So decisions determine destiny. God will lead you and he'll guide you by his spirit. The choice is yours to follow. It's your decision and obedience is a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. But God wants us to make right decisions so we can fulfill our destinies. All of you, I'll say it again, all of you have an amazing destiny in God and he wants you to go in the right direction. He wants you making the right decisions so you can fulfill it. And sometimes we may go off in the wrong direction. That's okay. But if you love the Lord and want to do his will, he will always bring you back on track, always. So we're going in the direction we're going in today. So whatever direction you're going in today, it's because of decisions that you have made in the past. Where we end up will be because of those decisions that we have made. And many times we'll come to a crossroads. Which way do I go? Do I go left? Do I go right? Do I go straight ahead? Do I go back? And um, you have to make the decision. Decisions will determine your destiny. So there are generally three ways people make decisions, not necessarily right, called the three R's. Number one, risk. I'll take a risk. It's like opening your Bible with your eyes closed and pointing on the page and, and whatever the scripture says, you take it as an answer. Very risky. God might say, sell all you have <laughs> and go and go and say, you know, give all you have to the poor and follow me. But risky, yeah. I mean, would you do that? Well, a bit risky if you're just pointing your finger there and just, yeah. Anyway, it's really like people make a decision like toss a coin, heads up, I'll do this, tails, I'll do something else. Well, that's a risk. That's making the decision a risky decision. Number two is reason. We figure things out in our mind. We don't always know all the facts. We don't know our future. Our flesh may dictate to our mind. No, don't make that decision. I don't like that. Instead of allowing our spirits to dictate, we've got to learn to listen to the inner man, your spirit being. Remember, you a three-part being. You, you're, you have a body. You are a spirit. That's what, when you die, it's your spirit will live forever. You are a spirit. You live in a body, and you possess a soul made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Okay, so risk. So the next one is reason. We figure things out in our minds. We don't always know all the facts. We don't know our future. Our flesh may dictate to our mind, no, don't make that decision. I don't like that. Instead of allowing our spirits to dictate what God is trying to tell us. So the third R is revelation. And this is the only sure way to know you're going to do the right thing. It is like the, it's as though the light comes on. Or we hear God's still, small voice. Not a, not a loud voice. You know, I'd just like God to boom in, in at me. But it doesn't work like that. He can work like that. He has worked like that. But usually it's a still, small voice. Just, you've got to get quiet and you've got to listen. And ask yourself, what gives me peace? If I did this, does that give me peace? Or if I choose this, does that give me peace? What gives me peace? What makes me feel uncomfortable? You know, when I'd love an angel to appear and tell me what I had to do, <laughs> give me direction. 
and it has happened to people. I haven't had an angel appear to me. But uh, how we usually speak, it's, just, it's a revelation, it's a confirmation in your spirit or a knowing. It's like, uh, I don't know who it said, it used to say, it's knowing in your knower. I think it was Kenneth Hagen, you know in your knower. <laughs> so you know on the inside. But it may require we have to wait on God. It says in Proverbs 16.3, commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. See, and that's where your battle is. It's in the mind, isn't it? But it says, if you'll commit your works to the Lord, Lord, I commit this to you. And, and you keep it there. Say, Lord, I, I'm not going to worry about this. I'm going to, you're going to sh- show me. And he says, your thoughts will be established. Your thoughts will start to move along with him. In fact, when I was sharing about that, um, having to make a decision about that Bible study, God, had, I didn't even know this was God, but I kept getting these thoughts coming. You're going to be a leader in the leader, you know, in the study. And I, I would say, oh, no, that's just being proud. I thought that was just being proud. Who am I to think that I would do that? But I didn't know it was God at that time. So, so we may need to require, we need to wait on the Lord. It may re- require that waiting and waiting for the answer. Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established, as I said. And Proverbs 19.21, There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. That's a good scripture. So there's many plans in our heart, aren't there? Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel is the one that's going to override and stand in your heart. So I want to just give you several steps in making a decision. And I'm not talking about what you're going to have for dinner or where you're going to go on holiday. (laughs) Don used to say, he used to say, it's better to make a decision and be wrong than not make a decision at all. Because sometimes I'd be double-minded. He says, just make up your mind. Make a decision. It's better to make a decision and be wrong than not make one at all. So sometimes you just got to make it. And if you make it wrong, that's okay. God will bring you back around. It won't be the end of the world. So, alrighty. So I'm going to give you seven points about making important decisions. I'll be quick, all right? (laughs) Number one, don't be hasty. Give things time to settle. Settle things in your heart before you make a decision, especially an important decision. We can be impatient. Yeah, I can be impatient sometimes. Allow confirmation to settle within you. And Proverbs 19.21 says, There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel that will stand. So make sure pressure doesn't force you to make a decision. And that's, you know, we can come under pressure. I've got to make a decision. I've got to make a decision. Just give, t- give yourself time. We can have many plans in our heart, but God need, we need God's mind every time. Stay in faith and thank God to, that you hear his voice. Stay in faith. They say, Father, I just thank you that you are making clear as which way I am to go. You know, so you stay in faith. You don't get all anxious about it. Don't let circumstances direct you. You allow faith and peace to direct you. Sometimes it may not be God's timing. 
He may show you something he wants for you, but it's not for right now. So number two, don't be led by external things, such as external pressures or circumstances. Be led by your internal knowing. When Satan says, what are you going to do now? Nothing is working for you. You respond by saying, well, Satan, I'm going to stand in faith and praise God. And, I'm go and it's going to work out. I'm going to just stand in faith and I'm going to praise God. Romans 8.28 says, God works all things together for our good. All things. So whatever you're facing, God works all things together for our good to those who love him who love God, to those who are accord, who accord according to his purpose. So if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, he, you are called according to his purpose. He's got a purpose for you all. Isn't that amazing? And he loves you all. Okay. Romans 8, 16 says, The Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So it's like a knowing in here. You know, the spirit is, dwells in us. And it's just a, it's a knowing on the inside. So the number way he leads us is by that inward knowing. What you feel and you know on the inside. That's the number way God leads us. I mean, we all would wish he'd just speak to us in a loud voice. <laughs> or write it on the wall. But the number one way he speaks to us is but through our spirit, a witness in our spirit. Okay, number three, don't be swayed by your emotions. They can mislead you. They can blind us to the direction that God wants us to go. In Matthew 16, uh, Jesus started to share to his disciples the things he must suffer, you know, they had to be suffer and, and be killed. And Peter, when he heard that, he let his emotions take over and he pulled Jesus aside and said, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. And Jesus rebuked Peter. He says, Get behind me, Satan. Oh, that's a bit tough. You are an offence to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. That's in verse 23 of Matthew 16. So, you know, we're often too easily swayed by emotion. How can we obey him when he speaks to us if we don't first obey his written word? If you can't obey God's written word, you'll never obey his spirit. You need to know the word of God so that you can obey his, um, when he speaks to your heart. Okay, so Jesus said, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things I say? You know, if you're a believer, you call Lord Jesus Lord, why don't we do the things that he says? Why don't you do what he says? Love one another, forgive. Um, you know, don't be, ang don't let your anger overtake you. There's lots of things that God says. Don't hold on to that offence. Don't hold on to that unforgiveness. Let it go. If you call him Lord, do the things that I say. It says in Luke 11, 28, Jesus, but Jesus said, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. If we hear the word and we keep it and walk, it, walk in it, we are blessed. So we need to go as much by what the Spirit doesn't say as by what he does say. If he doesn't say anything, just leave it. Wait. Be patient. Just be patient. There's a big difference between the 
Lord leading you to do something and the Lord letting you do something. <laughs> All right, number four, don't let others decide for you or let those close to you pressure you. Allow the Holy Spirit to be the arbitrator inside of you. It says in Psalm 40 verse 8, I delight to do your will, O Lord, and your law is within my heart. So we've got to listen to our hearts, as I said. Allow the word to be written on our heart and our soul, and it will just stop us getting all muddled up. We won't get muddled, you know, that way. We won't get muddled between our emotions and God's will. And number five, there comes a time to make a decision. It's all right to ask God to confirm that decision. When you make a decision, you can ask, you can ask him for confirmation. And when you have it, follow it through. It says in Matthew 5.37, let, let your yes be yes and your no, no. For whatever is, is more than these is from the evil one. So make up your mind, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't change your mind in the morning. Oh, I said yes. Oh, no, no, I don't want now. No, let your yes be yes and your no be no. You know the story when the God told the Israelite leaders to go and spy out the land, the promised land of Canaan, uh, that he was given, and they came back with that negative report. We all know this story so well. It was opposed to God, what God had promised them, except for Joshua and Caleb. They came back with a good report. And, and firstly, those, those ten leaders said, we're not able, we're not able to go up against the people, for they're stronger than we, than we are. That's in Numbers 30. 31. And God was angry with their unbelief and lack of trust in them. He doesn't want us. He wants us to trust him. Trust him. And so the result of that, God said, right, none of these ones who spied out the land except for Joshua and Caleb shall enter the promised land. And Moses told them this. And when the children of Israel heard it, they, they were also, oh no, well let's go up now. And so a whole bunch of them went, went over and tried to take a particular part, and they came back beaten. And they totally failed. And it's interesting, if you see, the ones who, were, who didn't go up was Moses, Joshua and Caleb, and the Ark of the Covenant remained. They didn't go. But all the others went, and they got badly beaten. So God's response was, you made your decision and you rebelled against me. Therefore, you shall not enter the promise. And sometimes God is not going to lead us any further until we make a few quality decisions and follow them through. Jesus said, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? What's he saying to you? What's he saying to us? Amen. In Luke eleven twenty eight, he said, Jesus said, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Keep the word of God. Be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. So the Bible is full of great people who made decisions which changed the direction of their lives and this world. Every decision requires faith. In, in Hebrews 11, Noah, it says, Noah by faith, he built the ark in obedience to God's word and he saved his household and the whole world. The whole future of this world was on that ark. By faith, Abraham, God spoke to him and he said, I want you to leave your father's house and the Ur of Chaldees, of the Chaldees. And he says, go to a land which I will show you. 
Now, he didn't just have to pack up a little trailer, a trailer load of stuff. He, this, he's one of the wealthiest men in the Middle East. <laughs> he was. And he had thousands of <clears throat> sheep and cattle and uh, donkeys and all sorts of things. I, anyway, by faith he left. He packed up all his servants. You know, he just didn't have one or two servants. So this was a major it was a major move, absolutely. And he didn't even know where he was going, leaving this massive, great city. And he didn't even know where he was going. Talk about faith. And with only that bit of information, he packed it all up, left his father's house, and through Abraham's faith came the line of Jesus Christ and the salvation of the world. He's known as the father of faith. For, for many thousands of years, we still call him the father of faith. David made the decision to fight Goliath and killed him, resulting in the defeat of the Philistine armies and bringing great victory. Nehemiah made the decision to go and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. It took courage and it took faith and a quality decision to obey God. So every time a decision had to be made, they had a choice to obey God or not. We can do the same. Are you going to obey God or you're not going to obey God? There are always consequences when we don't make decisions in line with God's will. 120 out of the, was it five or 600 followers of Christ Jesus spoke to, to wait in Jerusalem and until the Holy Spirit comes. And in the end, there were 120 in the upper room. Where were the rest? Where were the rest of them? Decisions determine destiny. They were the ones to experience that powerful time when the Holy Spirit came into that room, filled it, filled them, and they all spilt out over Jerusalem. Decisions determine destiny. As we sharpen our spiritual senses and are filled with God's word and in tune with his spirit, Holy Spirit, and your spirit in the inner man, you will make decisions that will determine God's destiny for you. It's either God's destiny for you or Satan's destiny for you. You choose. Like God said, I set before you life and death, blessing or cursing. You, and he says, therefore, <laughs> choose life. Just in case you got it wrong, choose life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We just thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you that your word is truth. Your word is powerful. And I pray for everybody in this room, everyone listening to this, Father. I pray, Lord, that, they, that the Spirit of God will get upon them, that they will make quality decisions, Father God. They will make, number one, a decision to listen to you, to listen to you and to read your word and take it personally and fill their hearts up with their word, Father. And they will listen to uh, their spirit inside of them and the and Holy Spirit as well, Father. I pray the blessings upon each and every one of in this room. And I would say if there's anyone here, if there was one person and you've never, you know, even if people can go to church for a long time and never give their hearts to the Lord, did you know that? I went to the Anglican church for years and never did, but I was never given the opportunity. They never told me how to do it. But uh, I'm going to say... If you never have made Jesus Christ your Lord, you know, you will step into an amazing destination. It is an amazing thing. When you step into obedience, you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Number one, you're filled with God. You're filled with his light and his life. And uh, God becomes your heavenly father. 
Jesus is your Lord and you have your destiny, final destiny is in heaven and it's powerful. It's, it's a wonderful place to be. The other destination is not good. So if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour, I'd invite you today to, to give your life to the Lord. And, and, and even I'm going to give you a chance now, if you don't know Jesus Christ personally as your Lord and Saviour and you want to, please just quickly put up your hand and we, we'll pray with you. And we've got, we've got something to give you as well. But if any of you, you're not sure, be sure. I mean, you could go to, as I said, I went to church and I didn't even realise I wasn't saved. I just assumed I'm going to church. I, I believed in God and, and I knew Jesus had lived, but I hadn't personally made him my Lord and Saviour, only because I was never told how to. And uh, it freaks me out to think that if I had died... I'd hate to think where I would have ended up. So anyway, make a decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Saviour and you step into an amazing destiny, an amazing plan. God's, God has got the most amazing plan for each and every one of you. And our final destination, as I say, will be in heaven. And that's probably not even our final destination. The final one is when God makes a whole new earth, a whole new world that we're going to live on. Amazing. So we've got great things in the future, but we're on this earth right now. We want to make the most of it. We've got things to do, things to do for the Lord and people to save. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord.